Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. It's okay. We're going to get into the word this morning. How many know that Jesus is the true vine? If you don't this morning, that's what I want to talk to you about. The true vine to which we remain connected. We're going to put up the scripture here if you don't have your Bible. We're reading from the ESV. I'd like us to actually read this together from the book of John, chapter 15, verses 1 through 11. So let's read together. You ready? Here we go. One, two, three, read. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Amen. Amen. Lord, thank you for your word today. We receive it as life and strength to us in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're talking about staying connected to the vine. Pastor George started a series last week called Living the Life, and I wanted to continue in that vein of living the life. And one of the most essential components of living the life we're called to live as believers is remaining connected to the vine. Now, here's the problem with that scripture oftentimes. We read it, and we extract two things and isolate them from the rest of the passage. One is, yeah, of course, Jesus is the vine. Yep, cool. We know, we we see like the branch on your Christian t-shirt that, uh, you know, I'm the vine, and we just kind of take it for granted. But then in the step-by-step, day-by-day living, we actually don't live in such a way that we remain connected to him. Okay? We take it for granted, and then we kind of get up and do what we know to do, which is not particularly remaining connected to him actively. Okay? There's a reality long-term, because you're in Christ, that you're staying connected, right, in that way. But the active engagement, for example, there's many folks today who are not actively pursuing their marriage. They got the paper, they got the rings, and they live in the same house, okay? And if that's you, just just look straight ahead, and like I won't, I'm not talking about you, okay? It's okay, right? You're You're just there. You're not actively pursuing your marriage, there's some of you who have friendships. They're just like, yeah, you know, we've been friends. You know, we're not actively pursuing the friendship to continue to build, continue to grow. This is what I'm talking about today. And when he's talking about a vine, he's not talking about a vine that's dead. He's talking about a vine that's alive, him, himself, right? A vine that is alive, which is producing life and therefore inevitably producing fruit. 
But the problem so often is we isolate that idea as something which we take for granted and we don't actively continue to pursue remaining in connection and communion with the Lord. Instead, again, we coexist with Jesus. Oh, ouch. We just coexist with Jesus. You're like, man, we've been married a long time. It's fine. I told her I loved her at the altar. It's fine. I don't need to tell her again. Right? Yeah, he has all his stuff that he deals with, but, you know, we're not getting a divorce, so. Now, come on. And we don't actively continue to feed the connection and grow in the relationship. I don't want that for us today. The Lord doesn't want that for us today, and that's not what he was talking about by remaining connected. The second issue is we like to pull out one verse from there. Um, and, and, and verse 7 is the favorite that people like to just take on its own. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. <laughs> yeah, it's okay to laugh because that's plenty of us all over. Yep, I just thought, Jesus said it. He said, I could ask for whatever I wish, and it will be done for me. And you forgot all about connection. You forgot all about relationship. You forgot all about lordship. The lordship of Jesus. You forgot all about that. And you say, oh, I just ask whatever I wish and it will be done for me. No, 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 baby. Let's bring it back in. <laughs> the reality is in communion with him. And that means I'm submitting to his lordship. So guess what happens to my asking? My asking is different. Because I remain in connection and communion with him. I don't just ask for any old thing, even if it seems good. When I'm remaining in communion with the Lord, my asking is different because I'm becoming more and more clearly in his image and more and more like Jesus. Therefore, the thought process I have by which I ask is different. And the things that I value that I'm going to come to him and ask for are different. Therefore, it was easy, actually, for Jesus to say this to us. Not always for us to walk it out, but it's easier than we think because we are thinking, oh, man, I could just imagine dream anything I want. No, 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 no. Are we in Christ submitting ourselves to him, having our thought process changed, having our heart renewed, all of our life renewed, submitting to his lordship? And therefore, my asking is different. So that's a challenge today as we look at this, being connected to the vine, being connected to Christ. There's three things I want to talk with you about for a bit today. We're not going to be very long. But there's three things I want to dig into today, three things we need to remember about staying connected to the vine as we live the life we're called to live. And number one is that Christ is the true vine. Seems like a simple statement. Christ is the true vine. And this is going to harken back. I'm going to reference what I talked about on the second week of December about him being the source. Okay? He is our greatest source. So we're remaining connected because Christ is the true vine. There's two things to think about when we're considering the fact that he's a true vine. Number one, he is the only real source of life. Now, I broke this down the other day, and I want to reiterate that. I don't just mean he is the true source of life as in your favorite Christian cup and a little sunshine on there and spiritual life that we don't really want to talk about on our day-to-day -day basis. I'm talking the very fact that you have breath in your lungs is Jesus. Don't let the world tell you evolution and whoever else. Because of literally Jesus, you have breath in your lungs. Why? Because how was the world created? By the word of God. Who is the incarnate word of God? Jesus. So you got to see it at that level, that I'm literally breathing and walking around and have physical strength, and I have a purpose in life because of Jesus. 
don't see it as this separated thing where we kind of get the, 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 quote, spiritual stuff that doesn't really apply to our day-to-day life. Your very walking around and living is because of Jesus. It's only by the word of God that you have breath in your lungs. So I love that song. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise to you, Lord. The only reason you can sing a song is because the word of God. Whether you want to sing it to him or not, whether you want to return the praise to him or not, that reality is still that reality. You know, we're stuck right now, and most people don't want to call it what it is because it's just too academic, but we're in such a postmodernist state in our culture that we're trying to redefine things by our own standards, right? So they're like, if I think this goes this way, it should go that way. If I want to reframe this particular thing in another truth, in my truth, then I can reframe it that way. Listen, there is... I'm drinking this water. That's, a, that's close to three-fourths of a cup. Now, is that cup, is that cup three-fourths full or one-fourth empty? You can call it either one. Here's what you will never change until you drink some more of it like I just did. The volume of the liquid that's in there. That is an absolute reality. You call it 15 different ways from Sunday, whatever you want it to be. The volume of this liquid is not changing. You can change the naming, the nomenclature, okay, whatever. That you want it to be, but you will not change the volume of the amount of that liquid for what it is. You boil it, evaporate it, freeze it, whatever. But the volume of that liquid's not changing. That's how you got to see the realities of God's absolute truths. You might want to pick different names and change those things. But what you cannot change is the consistency of his absolute reality. Hello? His absolute truths are what they are. And our culture might think that we're so strong and smart now. We've evolved to a certain place morally that we can change definitions. We can change what a man is and what a woman is and what a marriage is and what right is and what wrong is. We can change those things because we're so smart now. No. This is coming to that reality and saying Christ is the true vine. Therefore, what he has said always is and always will be and therefore the fact is my only option is to remain connected to that vine not that i'm going to create a new vine and a new source he is the vine and the source that we get to submit to john 15 1 through 3 i am the true vine and my father's the vine dresser one who tends that vine every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Sometimes you go through painful things in life. Don't assume it's the devil working against you all the time. Sometimes it is, but sometimes it's the pruning of the Lord because he says, man, my man Nick over here is bearing fruit. I'm going to prune him so he continues to bear more fruit because I don't want to just leave him and say, oh, isn't that good? 
But because I'm all knowing, this is this is God speaking. Because I'm all knowing, I can see everything that needs to take place. And if this pruning takes place, He's going to bear even more fruit for my glory and for my honor, and for His joy and peace. And so He prunes it that it may bear more fruit. Verse three: Already you're clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. So what is it that comes to us to cleanse us and get us right, so that we're ready as a part of the vine, as a branch of the vine to bear fruit? The word that He's spoken to us. God's word comes to us, cleanses us, and establishes us so that we can then bear fruit. What does it say? We are able to bear fruit because of our connection to Jesus. We're able to bear fruit because of our connection to Jesus, not because of what we have figured out on our own as human beings in our own wisdom. Right? Our wisdom will pass away. Our wisdom does not remain. And there are temporal things that we can accomplish. We know that. There's people who don't believe in God every day doing great things. But again, guess what? Let me help, let me help you. This is mind-blowing for some of y'all. Some of you are going to be like, yeah, we knew that. Okay. Every unbelieving person who invents amazing things does it because of the word of God. Some of you are like, well, people kind of figure stuff out. People are smart. No, people don't exist without God. You got to see that today, church. People can't even stand up and breathe without God. You might cuss him for the very breath. But you no, you don't have any wisdom except that it was the word of God. How did the world come into existence? The word of God spoke these things into existence. And then a man or a woman who has wisdom to create something amazing like a you know, computer, cell phone, a, a, a screen or a car, whatever, it's because of the word of God. They didn't, half of them didn't get, oh, you know, I prayed and the Lord gave me wisdom. They didn't think of it that way. But again, you don't even exist without him. The breath didn't come without him. So it's in Christ. And the greatest thing is then in our death and sin, we get the life of Christ, which comes into that moment by his word. He said it. You're clean because of the word I've spoken to you. His word comes to us so then we can be raised up out of our spiritual death to be alive in Christ. Second point, abiding in Christ is the most clearly is most clearly shown by continuing in his word by continuing in his word abiding in Christ is most clearly shown by continuing in his word John 4, 15 4 through 8 says this abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine neither can you unless you abide in me I am the vine, you're the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart, read this again, for apart from me you can do nothing. For apart from me you can do nothing. Now, most of you, going back to what I was just talking about, you say, well, but there's unbelieving people who do a bunch of great stuff. Not of eternal value. So the nothing that Jesus is talking about is that which he's concerned about, the eternal value things. There are things that are going to happen because of common grace in our lives. People are going to invent stuff. We're going to live. We're going to grow. We're going to get buff like my son does in the gym. I don't so much anymore, but he does. Okay. We're going to win races. We're going to create companies. We're going to run for office and hopefully get good governance in place. You know, if we're good stewards, we're going to do things for our family. We're going to do those things. And some, again, might not even turn around and praise God with the very breath in their lungs. But it is still because of him that it takes place. 
But the thing that he wants us to do is bear that fruit, which is eternal in value, which is why Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing, nothing of value for the long term. You can do something temporal, which people will look at and praise you for, but it, is it that thing of eternal value? The greatest of which is to be restored in right relationship and with the Father and actually connected to the vine, Jesus. That's the greatest thing. Apart from me, you can do nothing, he says. Verse 6, if anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. But if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. See, that verse takes on a whole new light when you put it in context, huh? That's a different ballgame to you just saying, oh, I'm going to ask for whatever I want because Jesus said I can just ask for stuff. But when we realize that it's in the context of remaining in connection and relationship with him and in submitted to his lordship, I ask differently. The questions are completely different that I'm going to ask and the stuff that I'm going to ask for. See, rather than me saying, oh, God, wouldn't you just... That Tesla, Jesus, and that 10-bedroom house with the five acres and the three-hole golf course so I can play at home. Lord, wouldn't you just come? It might not be that big. It might not be that big. Lord, if you could just get me that free car. Because, you know, Hector over here got a nice ride, and I don't have a ride at all. I've been hitting the city bus and the city bus and the city bus, or I've been driving this beater for however long, and I would really like a nice car, just with some leather, maybe with the Bluetooth, put my phone in right when I get in the car, boom. Hello, Jamie, how are you? You know, your car talks to you or something. If you could, Lord, no. Your desire changes. Your desire changes. I preached and made this statement, Lord, whatever you have for me to drive. And my car broke in a month. The Lord was like, oh, we're going to make sure that you're living what you're preaching. And it was, a, you know, it was a beautiful season. Because I was like, okay, Lord, thanks for the opportunity for practical homework <laughs> that I can live out. But your change of thought process because you're remaining in connection with the vine and submission to his lordship. And therefore, I'm not asking is totally different. Now, you might get the sports car and the house and the better job and the new stuff and stop having to ride the city bus because someone gave you a free car and whatever else. But the reality is I want to say, Lord, what do you have for me in this moment so that I can live out what is to your glory and to your honor? Years ago, something I determined and I don't always do it perfectly. I said, Lord, this was my practical way of saying it. My kids were having a meal, and, one, and a couple of them were complaining about what the other one had. We had different sandwiches. And, and I was like, I'm done. I already made all the sandwiches, so I ain't making nothing for the rest of y'all, so eat what you got. It was one of those days. And, and, it was like, <laughs> and it was like the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, be content with the sandwich that's on your plate. That's kind of been the practical way that it's worked out for me. Be content with that which I've given you. So some of you today walk out of the room, oh, Lord, I thank you for my car because it's the one you gave me. Some of y'all need to turn around, look at your spouse, say, Lord, I thank you for my spouse, the most wonderful spouse in the world. Because you know what? It's the one I got. So what business do I have comparing to another one? It's not going to do me any good. 
Some of y'all need to look at your children by faith and say, God, I thank you for my children who love me so much. I tell them all the time. I said, you guys love me so much. I tell them before they turn, okay, dad. And a couple of them who don't, I mess with my daughter sometimes. We're at the dance studio and I'm like, okay, bye. Around her friends, I'm like, kiss on the cheek right here. Yes, you are because it's okay. Guess what? These are mine. And so I'm going to praise God for what I've received. I'm going to praise God and thank him and say, Lord, this is what you have provided in your wisdom and your will for me right now. So I receive with joy and with thanksgiving. And in that, that's part of the working. Because sometimes he's pruning you in the midst of that. Because guess what? You're not always happy. Come on, church. Happy was not a fruit of the spirit. Did I just put that out there? Man, they didn't sign up for that to come today. It's not. Happy is a temporary state which comes and goes. You with me? Some of y'all are like, dang, for real preacher, why are you getting into that today? Because it's true. Happy is a temporary state. And some of y'all who've been through some stuff in the last couple of years know what I'm talking about. Sometimes it is not always happy, but you can have the enduring joy and peace of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. We can have that regardless of what's going on and regardless of the challenges that are there in our lives. So again, as we walk in him, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Here it is. It's only by continuing to walk in the word of God by his grace that we can bear eternal fruit, proving we are true disciples to the glory of God. It's only by continuing to walk in the word of God by his grace that we can bear eternal fruit, proving we are true disciples to the glory of God. Because you see, the issue is this. I'm not trying to prove to God or to other people that I'm a disciple. The fruit will. Let me say it again. I'm not trying to prove to anybody that I'm a disciple. The fruit will prove. You know, Franco and I were talking about, about fruit, low-hanging fruit on trees. And, and I, I, when I was in high school, there was a, a guy who, worked, who lived behind the guy who I, I worked for. And so we'd go in and load the lawn equipment, and I could just turn around and look at his house. In the back of his yard, he had three big mango trees. Now, I'm a Caribbean, so mangoes are all up, all up in the mix, okay? And I will take bags of them if you got them. If you, got, if, if you got a mango tree or you have a source and you don't want them, I will receive them. My wife and I will be blessed abundantly by such things. I'll send you my address if needed. Maybe not, but yeah, I'll take the mangoes. So this guy's house, three mango trees, all the mangoes out there, and the guy literally said out of his own mouth, I hate mangoes. I was like, must you speak the words of Satan directly to me? I was like, what are you talking about, bro? You don't like mangoes. And so these mangoes would fall in his yard, just sit on the ground. And then all I needed was the go-ahead. He's like, you guys can take whatever you want. I was like, awesome, Publix bags. <laughs> Let's go. Load them up. But you did not have to prove that those were mango trees. The fruit told you. I want you to let it sink in for your life. I didn't have to prove to anybody. The fruit told me. You didn't have to label them. Get special little tags. I mean, I guess you want to be cute. Here stands the mango tree. You didn't have to know. Every spring, the fruit told you what that tree was. 
And that's where we need to be, so connected to the vine, walking in what he has for us, abiding in Christ, that we bear that fruit. And it's undeniable. You can't deny. You can't deny because the fruit will tell exactly who you are and who you belong to. And third and last point, walking in obedience to his word is one of the clearest ways to abide in his love. Okay, some people get freaked out when you talk about obeying the word of love, love, love. Yes, the love's right in there. So we're going to talk about it here in the proper context. Love. We abide in his love as we walk in obedience. John 15, 9 through 11 says this. As the father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. The walking in and keeping of commandments is in relationship to Christ because we're submitting to him because we understand and know his heart is for my best. Therefore, what he has already stated and established is going to be the best thing for me, even if I don't see it and understand it yet. I understand because I'm walking in relationship with him. He has my best in mind. One of the things I've learned to say as a parent and be okay with to my kids is just trust me. You know why? Because there's some stuff that my kids have to do that they don't like because I said. For them right now, simply because I said. And you know what's not been fruitful in my life? The times when I've tried to want to say, well, maybe I can get them to do it because they felt like doing it. And every parent in the house says, no, that doesn't always work, does it? Do we always feel like doing stuff? We, we're dealing with that as adults, and we're trying to get our six-year-old to, like, have a heart for it. I'm just being honest, okay? Can, can I get real? We, as adults, there's stuff I don't want to do. Like, I would be happy to have started this year and not pay my bills. So we're like, whoa, yeah. Yeah, I mean, because it would be funner to sit around and chill and not pay my bills this month. But guess what I did? Paid my bills. Because that's part of what I had to do. There's something that we miss. This is a parenting moment. There's something we miss for our kids if we always want them to want to do everything they have to do. Some of y'all don't believe me yet, but it's okay. If we want them to want to do everything that they have to do, do you want to do everything you have to do? More than half of your scheduler this week is stuff you don't want to do. But you know you have to if you want to continue to live, continue to influence other people, continue to provide for your family, continue to love on others. Man, even continue to reach out into our community as we're going to be doing in the next few months as we crank up the year here. Not because you always want to. Now we submit into the Lord so that we can submit our will so that then our desire changes so that what happens? We just talked about it in the previous passage that we're asking whatever we wish and it's done. But guess how that's changing? Because I'm more and more in connection and communion with Christ. So I more and more become like him and less and less like me. But that's part of learning and saying, you know what? I don't always want to do every little thing just out of the abundance of excitement and joy. But I choose to because it will be the best. Wave at me if you've been married for 25 years. All right, everybody else give it up for him. Give it up for the people who've been married 25 years. How about 50? Let me just go big. Anybody married 50 years? Woo! No, big hand of big, big round of applause. 
Now, I'm I'm a junior uh, on that list. I mean, I'm not that junior, but I'm hitting 23 this May. Okay, amen, hallelujah, bless the Lord. Now, for all those people at that number and beyond, and any of you couples who are freshly married, take note. <laughs> How many of you guys got to that number in marriage, those years of marriage, because every single day and every single moment, you just wanted to do everything. <laughs> That's where it says, hallelujah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go ahead and answer for everybody that the number of those who raise their hands is zero who are in that list. Everybody who is in that list of people who've been married 25, 30, 40, 50 years, you know, like Pop T up there holding it down. Learned how to do sometimes what they didn't want to do. Because love is greater than just how I feel. And that's what the Lord wants to teach us sometimes. Love is greater than how I feel. I love to tell young couples who I counsel, listen, romance is icing. It tastes super good too. But you can't run everything with icing. <laughs> Hello? Even my kids who love cake and icing, at some point, they're like, scrape a little bit of that extra icing off. Oh, that cake's really good, but man, whoa, that icing. It's icing. It's a beautiful and a wonderful additional benefit, but it is not the foundation, the feeling you have. Thank God you get to have the feeling. Thank God we have those emotions. But love is a greater breadth than that that undying commitment that we walk in, that is what the Lord would like us to walk in because if you keep my commandments, you'll abide in my love. If you continue to walk in what I have for you, you're truly abiding in my love. And for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. That's the truth. That's the reality. The love of God is there and he wants us to abide in that love. And how do we do that? Most times it's continuing even in the moments we don't want to. And thank God for when we're super excited and happy about it. Right? Amen? I'm not saying drudgery. Thank God in his mercy that we don't have drudgery 24-7. Thank God that I look back over my marriage and you guys look back over your marriage. And you guys look back over friendships and relationships and remember all those times when it was joyful and exciting and we had a great time and what a memory. But you also remember the challenges. And you know what's interesting about the challenges? A lot of times you look back over the challenges and you say, you know what? Thank the Lord for those too. Because they helped you grow. They helped you grow. Thank God for when I used to sit down with my wife on two little floor cushions that the church staff bought for us way back when we were teachers and our coffee table that the church blessed us with. Because I had no couch and no other chairs in the living room. And we had our first dinner guest came over. I said, hey, guys, if you don't mind sitting on the floor, we'll all sit on the floor around the coffee table. And my wife and I don't look back and say, oh, it was a, don't want to go back. We look back with fond memories because we're like, we learned how to meet a challenge and realize that life was bigger than that. That the Lord was greater than whether or not I had this, that, or the other. Even some needs. We look back over when I went, came home one day and my wife was like, I don't have a job anymore. I go, well, okay, first big challenge. Let's figure out what we're going to do. 
We look back with fondness because the Lord's faithfulness continued because we were able to remain connected to the vine and because we're connected to the true vine, we bear true fruit, which is of eternal value to his glory and to his honor. So I'm encouraging you. Three things and I'm done. Reminders, continue to connect to Christ the vine. Continue to abide in him. And continue to walk in obedience to his word. That's it. I want you to be encouraged to not ever take for granted, like I've begun to say, the fact Jesus is the vine, we're connected. Okay, I want you to actively remember to see that connection grow. See that connection cherished. See that connection honored. See that relationship that you walk in with him as such a high value that you'll do whatever necessary to guard that. And then not only guard it, but then say, man, who else needs to know about this reality of Jesus, the vine that they need to be connected to? Come on, Stan, let me pray for you. Lord, we thank you today. That greater are you who's in us than he that's in the world. We thank you today that you are the true vine and that we get to be connected to you as the branches of that vine. And thank you that by your grace, by your strength, and by your power, we can bear fruit. Fruit that remains and fruit that declares your glory and proves we're your true disciples because we live you, live in you and of you. And so this morning we just declare We want to continue to foster and grow and cherish the connection we have in Christ as our true source. And Lord, I'm praying over each of us, wherever we are in our lives, that those things that might not be the most pleasant right now, those things that we might not even agree with from your word or that you've used other people to speak into us, God, that we know how to submit ourselves and say, Lord, we are going to abide in you, continue in your word. And because of that, so prove to be true disciples and so be people of your heart and of your mind and of your direction of steps that we can ask what we will and it will be done because we're walking in step with you that we can look and see man we are bearing fruit and the fruit speaks who we are and so i thank you for this house today in that way in jesus name now let's have every head bowed every eye closed if you're in this place this morning if you're watching online And you do not have that connection with Christ because you have not yet received the life of God in Christ Jesus. And you believe the work of the Holy Spirit is taking place in your life right now to draw you. I want you to respond and we're going to pray. And if that is you, I want you to pray this prayer to receive what God wants to do in your life in saving you, redeeming you, restoring you, forgiving you of your sin and setting you on a right course to bear fruit in him as part of him, as a son or a daughter of God. The word of God says in John 1, 12, that as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. And so let's pray this morning if that's you. And say this, Lord Jesus, we thank you for the work that you've done for us on the cross. I ask you to forgive my sin. Heal my past. And give me a hope and a future in you. Save me from my sin. 
and bring me to life in Christ. I thank you for your work, not only to save me today, but to keep me walking with you. I receive your salvation today as a son or a daughter. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give, give God a, a clap for his goodness and his faithfulness today. If that's you today, if that's you today and you prayed that prayer for the first time, you're here, you're online, you're listening to this by podcast, we encourage you. Reach out to us. We have some information here. If you prayed to receive Jesus, you want to email us at nextstepattherockonline.org. We believe in community. We are called to walk this together. You're not called in this compartmentalized, atomized generation where everybody's separated and do your own thing. Go home and Google it, and we don't really, really talk to you. We don't want to meet with you or anything. Go do it by yourself. That is not how God's called us to walk. That's why we're here this morning. All right? Otherwise, we would have just mailed it in this morning. It would have been easier. Okay? But God's called us to walk together. And so we encourage you, whether it's a one-on-one -on -one meeting, whether it's a group that you get together with, whether it's a class, we want to help you and encourage you and build you up so you can be discipled and taught and trained to walk in the ways the Lord has for you. Okay? So if that's you, don't, don't try to do it alone. Email us, text us, whatever, and get in contact with us. If you, if you can't get that, call the, call the church office. We'll get you connected with somebody who can help you walk out this process that God has for you. Amen? Amen. I encourage you this week, remain connected to the vine. Thank you, guys. We love you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.